Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. A bottle of Lucas Complete Fuel Treatment can clean your system and help your engine get more MPGs. Right now, you can get two bottles for only $9.99. A great deal to help you go a great deal farther. Find Lucas Complete Fuel Treatment and everything you need for better fuel efficiency at any one of our 6,300 stores. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. As we turn the calendar to June tomorrow, getting closer and closer to the start of the college football season. May 31st, a big day for nerds like me as game times have been announced for week zero, one, two, and three games Bowl game dates have been announced as well. So uh, a lot going on in the college football world, uh, just for the nerds like myself. But uh, that's why you're listening. And uh, that doesn't really have much betting ramifications. But we will certainly uh, get into a couple things uh, just to to close out uh, the podcast today. But no, that is not the sole reason you are here today. Brad Powers is going to hang out and we're going to talk college football for over an hour with Brad, get some of his uh, win totals that he's bet, some game lines that he's bet as well. Uh, We couldn't get to all of it. And, uh, you know, as I always love to do, properly promote uh, those who join the podcast. And Brad is a a guy that joins my show, VEASAN Primetime, uh, all throughout the football season each week. Uh, Very uh, happy that he does so. And also, you know, you can check him out on Bet the Board Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at BradPower7. So I want to get that. Uh, out there for the many of you who already know that but brad gracious with this time today we talked through all the big boy conferences some g5 versus power five uh, all of that so a uh, great conversation with brad powers uh, i do want to close it out with just some uh kind of fun little nuggets uh with the with the schedule 
uh, when it comes to some of the week one and, and two matchups that have been announced. We'll get to that uh, if you bear with us after the Brad Powers interview. But uh, just a reminder, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, love the Twitter questions that came in. Got to a bunch of those. Uh, so please keep those coming. I will continue to try to promote uh, different guests that are coming in. And uh, heck, if you want to write a a question in the reviews, give us five stars, and uh, certainly we will read those questions throughout the post or the off season, and then as the season goes on. So do please give us a review uh, and rate us five stars if you don't mind, and and certainly subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So once again, uh, Tim Murray with you here, and we're going to talk to Brad Powers right now. As promised, Brad Powers, who joins me on a regular basis on VEASAN Primetime and uh, always love chopping it up with him. We were talking off air about uh, the hopes and aspirations and dreams that we have of one day enjoying a national championship for our beloved Irish. Uh, This is an audio form only, but behind me, Brad, I have the panoramic picture from September 5th, 1998. A young Timmy Murray in the stands as oh, yeah. Notre Dame beat the defending champion Michigan Wolverines, who had a had a young quarterback on that team that I don't know if anyone heard of him. Thomas Brady was the quarterback of Michigan that day. Yeah, I remember that well. 36 to 20. Autry Denson had a big game, several big runs. Jarius Jackson, a quarterback, one of my favorite all-time Notre Dame wins. I mean, that, that was a good one there. Yeah, college game day was on campus. My my sister, that was her. I think that was her senior year of college, but uh, we'll get into the Irish. This will not be a, a, a solely <laughs> Irish uh, podcast, uh, but you know, like I said, uh, like I've said, really, uh, with all the great guests that we've been having on, we're just going to kind of bounce all over the place. But you know, we were mentioning uh, also during the break. You asked the question, "How am I going to handle it when Brian Kelly ultimately wins a national championship?" Uh, I if if there was a futures bet out there, will Brian Kelly win a title at LSU? I would probably begrudgingly play the yes. Uh, but as for this year, Brad, there's a lot of buzz surrounding this LSU team. Game of the week, game of the one of the games of the year, Brad, to start up it all with LSU uh, taking on Florida State and Orlando. What are your what is your outlook right now on LSU? And do you have any bets in pocket on the Bayou Bengals currently? Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on LSU this year. Uh, you know, obviously. Kelly in year one and LSU exceeded expectations by winning the West. Obviously the dramatic win over Alabama, a uh, lot to like and watching their spring game. I can tell you this, they, they look buttoned up. Uh, there's very businesslike. Uh, there wasn't, you know, I didn't see a lot of drops like it did in the Alabama spring game. Obviously Jaden Daniels is back. He finally put on 15, 20 pounds. I mean, we've been waiting for that and it feels like his entire career a very capable backup, so I don't think they'd be afraid to run Jaden Daniels this year. I think he's hit, you know, not only last year, but this year he's done very well, Brian Kelly, in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, do they have the the dogs up front like they did, you know, when Saban was there and early last miles? No, but I think they got enough to, to – they're better than last year's team that won the West. I know they got to go to – Alabama, but that'll be, in my opinion, the only game they'll be an underdog in is that road trip to Tuscaloosa. I think they're appropriately a short favorite against a really good Florida State team in week one. There was an early fan duel win total of eight and a half. Uh, You could tell where I went with that one. I went (laughs) over. Uh, I would even lean over nine and a half right now. It wouldn't be my favorite bet. I haven't made it yet, but 
I would lean over nine and a half. I think this is at least a 10 win team this year. Would you look at uh, SEC futures for LSU? Uh, DraftKings right now, five to one. I could pull up Circa. I imagine kind of similar ballpark. I think I've seen five or six to one. Uh, How would you attack an LSU SEC future knowing that, as you alluded to, they do have to beat Alabama. They're currently in the look-ahead lines, game of the year lines, a touchdown underdog. Would that be something you'd be looking to get invested in? Probably not. Uh, just, I mean, I still would expect them to be. He went, no matter what, what I think Alabama does, I think they'll be an underdog in that game. So why wouldn't you take the money line in that game when that gets there and then roll it over? And they're probably going to play Georgia. I mean, I don't think that'll be a, a big shock. And they'll be an underdog in that game. So I'd probably, if you give me 10 to 1, obviously I'd make that bet. Uh, but at 5 to 1, I think, you know, the odds if you calculate it out, are going to be better if you just do a money line rollover Alabama, Georgia. So you mentioned Georgia, and uh, I'm looking at Circa right now because they put up a bunch of props last week of teams to go undefeated in the regular season. And if you looked at that list, you'd say, well, where's Georgia? Why aren't they here? Well, because their <laughs> win total is 11 and a half. So uh, their win total is essentially, will they go undefeated? It's plus 110 to the over, um, you know, Initially, you say that and you say, well, that's crazy. You know, why wouldn't, you know, uh, why would you bet the over? I mean, their schedule, Tennessee, Martin, Ball State, South Carolina at home, UAB, Auburn on the road, new head coach there, Kentucky at home, uh, at Vanderbilt, the cocktail party in Jacksonville against Florida, Missouri at home, Mississippi at home. They go to Rocky Top and then they conclude uh, with, uh, you know, good old fashioned hate against Georgia Tech. If I made you bet it, Brad, I don't know if you have yet. Would you would you take the plus one ten over for Georgia, or could you see them getting tripped up somewhere on this twelve game schedule? I am not bet it yet. I think it's appropriately priced eleven and a half. Uh, if you gave me twenty bucks, I'd bet the over. I just <laughs> look they're they're gonna. I know you know obviously it's you know just because it'll be a significant favorite mathematically speaking that doesn't necessarily gonna equate to the twelve wins, but. Where is that loss? Because average projected point spread in my power ratings has it near four touchdowns per average on their schedule. I mean, the closest point spreads, you know, Auburn, but that's right around 17. So that would be a stunner in my opinion. And then the, the, the shortest spread that I have for them is at Tennessee, and I still got them more than a touchdown favorite in that game. And look, I mean, they easily – I thought they handled Tennessee much worse than the final last year, and that was – in my opinion, a better Tennessee team than what we'll see this year. So I know it's in Knoxville, but I, I just I, I don't see I don't think Tennessee has the quarterback to beat Georgia this year. So I, I don't see the loss. So I, I, I would bet the over. What do you make of the quarterback situation? Uh, Stetson Bennett didn't graduate, but uh, did move on yeah. after uh, what six years down at uh, at Georgia. Uh, two national championships. So it looks like the the reins will be handed over to Carson Beck. Um, from what you've seen, and I know you've watched every spring game out there, uh, what are your expectations on Carson Beck, who I believe uh, Circa had him 18-1 to 1, uh, to win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I wouldn't bet 18-1, to 1, but I did while I was watching that spring game. Uh, I bet him 40-1 to 1 to win the Heisman because I loved what I saw. Uh, I obviously think he's got better arm talent than Stetson Bennett. I like that they showed some things even in that spring game. They're throwing the ball down the field vertically uh, to show off his arm. I just thought, and my thought process when I made that bet was, 
Uh, I mean, you're going to give me the the, the number the, the starting quarterback on by far the number one team in the country? Sure. I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. and for those that say, ah, Georgia's offense isn't going to you know produce enough stats for the quarterback to win the Heisman. Well, I mean, Stetson finished fourth last year. And again, I think Carson Beck's a better quarterback. So do I expect to win it at 40 to one? No, but I mean, I, I like my chances of him possibly being sitting there in, in New York with a chance at it. And yeah, I would like 40 to one. Now, some current numbers, obviously I'm always going to say shop, but um, mm-hmm. if you can get anything 25 to one or greater, yeah, I'd pizza bet, but 18 to one, as always, Circa's, Probably one of the sharper books. Yeah, uh, and I'm looking right now, uh, 20 to 1 at DraftKings, uh, so a little bit more uh, price there. Speaking of the Heisman Trophy, um, you know, how do you go about, uh, you know, betting the Heisman Trophy? I, I know you like to take some some flyers. Uh, we've talked about it in the past. Um, you know, obviously you're going to get some guys, i.e. Caleb Williams, who are going to be very, very short prices. 5 to 1 at DraftKings. Uh, Circa, I just looked at before we recorded at plus 450. So generally, Brad, how do you, at this time of year, go about betting the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I, I, I follow a process. So, I mean, it's a quarterback award. Uh, I mean, almost 90% of the time you go back the last, you know, 20, 25 years at this point. I mean, it's quarterbacks winning it. It's quarterbacks winning it on national championship caliber teams. Of course, you get your outliers like an RG3 on a three-loss Baylor team. Tebow on a three loss Florida team. But other than that, I mean, we're talking about, you know, quarterbacks on teams that are 11 and one or 12 and zero in the regular season, even counting those three loss uh, wins for, for Tebow and RG three, the average win in the regular season for these quarterbacks on their, their team wins is 11. So I need a quarterback on a national title contending team. And I just, and again, I'm not afraid. I mean, maybe it, it feels like I'm taking flyers, but I mean, the favorites don't tend to win it usually as far mm-hmm. as the Heisman. I'm not saying that a bunch of long shots win it, but a lot of guys priced between 20 to 1, 40 to 1 in the preseason and whatnot, they, they tend to, to make a run at this. So I got nine different tickets, and it's pretty much a lot of guys priced in between 20 to 1 and 40 to 1. Well, let me ask you, because you mentioned national championship level teams, uh, we've talked uh, about this particular quarterback a little bit. Potentially the starting quarterback of Alabama, Tyler Buckner, sitting there <laughs> at 60 to 1. Huh? <laughs> Familiarity with his new offense, Tommy Reese. I did not bet it. Uh, <laughs> no, that's one. And if I if I miss it, I miss it. But I just I don't see the consistency of play. I mean, I'm so stunned by that move because I, I just I watched the Alabama spring game, totally non-Notre Dame related. Mm-hmm. And Saban and Tommy are talking about we need consistency from the quarterback play. And they go out and get Tyler Buckner, who who has four pick sixes in like 100 career pass attempts. I mean, just a very inconsistent quarterback and was inconsistent in the spring game. And if Tommy loved the kid so much, why did he bring in Sam Hartman? So, I mean, I just – that move was – the only thing I could think of with that move was – they're going to run the – maybe they'll run the quarterbacks quite a bit, Alabama, this year. And if you, you want to run Milrow and Ty Simpson or any combination, maybe you'll need to, you know an extra body there. And Buckner, you know, you look at him, you don't think runner, but he, he's very capable runner. So that's the, the only thing I could think of there. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't make sense to me. And, 
you know, this isn't me knocking a, a young man uh, who left Notre Dame to go to Alabama. You know, usually it's, hey, I'm moving on to greener pastures, which you could say about Tommy Reese. He left Notre Dame to go to Alabama to help his career. I, he Tyler Buckner was awful in the spring game, you know. Hey, Gator Bowl MVP, though, you know, did throw two pick sixes for in that both game. teams, I would say. Yeah. Both teams he was the MVP for. <laughs> Through two pick sixes in that game, uh, but let's get to some quarterbacks that that uh, maybe intrigue you, and, and maybe Sam Hartman uh, does. He's at thirty to one at circa. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I'm generally more often than not, as you and I have exchanged texts, <laughs> there's some strong pessimism uh, with uh, with the Irish. But look, you know, I had Mike Golick Jr. on. Uh, you know, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I asked him, I said, Who is this the best quarterback since dot dot dot? You know, talent wise, probably Jimmy Clausen. You know, you could go back to Brady Quinn. Hell, uh, Mike Palm joked Rick Meyer. I, I don't know if it's <laughs> that far back, but, um, you know, 30 to one, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, they're going to have plenty of high profile games. The question is, can they win some of those high profile games? So with Sam Hartman and the prolific, numbers that he put up at wake forest is he worth a sprinkle at 30 to one in your opinion for heisman trophy yeah i did make that bet uh and i feel bad sometimes when you're texting me i feel like i'm probably more anti (laughs) you're you're older brad so you're just you're slightly older so you've got a little more pain inside yeah i I mean i joined the, the Notre Dame fan club in like 89, 90. Oh. So I was, I'm known as pain. I mean, I was, expecting, I was born in, you know, I was born in, by this point. I was born in 87, Brad. So I was, uh, I was 15 months old when they beat West Virginia. <laughs> I, I have slight memories of the, uh, I have memories of the Florida state win in 93. And then we were as a family at Disney world walking around and people coming up to us like we had lost a loved one. Because uh, we were all wearing Notre Dame gear when they lost to Boston College, so yeah, oh it's God. it's been all been pain, all been pain. It has. That's all I've known. Uh, with that being said, I mean, I I bet him to win the Heisman. I mean, he flashed. Uh, I mean, again, look, he, I'm not overreacting to spring games. I know what I'm looking for. Spring games. I'm I'm looking at the, the see. I'm particularly quarterbacks. I'm in Sam Hartman's case. I saw a guy push the ball down the field. Better than any quarterback since Jimmy Clausen's junior season in 2009. I mean, we're talking, you know, decade plus at this point. So I, I definitely saw what I needed to see from him in the spring. Uh, I was worried because if you're reading a lot of the early reports, mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of there was certainly adjustment period coming from the slow mesh Wake Forest offense. But yeah, I I'm not putting my Pollyanna hat on for Notre Dame here. I I think it's worth it because there are going to be some opportunities and. Look, uh, I, while I, I'm pessimistic about their chances against the Ohio States and the USC's and the Clemson's of the world, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if Notre Dame could win a couple of those games. And if that's the case, I mean, Sam Hartman's going to be at the very forefront of the Heisman race. A couple other names, and we'll, we'll get into team specifics and week one and all of that. Um, you know, I haven't really done the Heisman discussion on the podcast, so this is great to, to kind of dive through it. Uh, you, you said you like in that 20 to 40 to to one range teams that can win a national championship. So I'll throw some names out uh, and we'll just kind of talk through them. Um, We talked about Carson Beck. You took him at 40 to one quarterback at Georgia. We've got Kyle McCord at Ohio state. Uh, Looks like DraftKings has him at 22 to one Cade Klubnick down there at Clemson. Uh, He's at 25 to one Um, drew Aller uh, at Penn state 25 to one. 
So uh, of those three, uh, I don't think I missed out on any other kind of big name guy that, oh, JJ McCarthy at 35 to one who, Look, he, that's going to be a run-based offense, uh, yeah. but he's that's a team that's preseason, you know, top three, top four in the country. So of those four, any of them that you've taken a, a bite on in the Heisman market? Yeah, I took Klubnik 25-1. to one. Uh, I like the new offense under Garrett Riley. I'll be quarterback friendly. Uh, he comes over, obviously, from TCU. Um, I like Klubnik's talent level. Look, they lost the bowl game, but I really I liked what I saw from the kid. They moved the football. They just couldn't, you know, once they got inside the 30-yard line, couldn't do anything against Tennessee. So I didn't make that bet. And I also, you know, you look at Clemson's schedule, their two toughest games are both at home against Florida State and Notre Dame, where I am a short favorite in both those games. So uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I mean, they'll at least be favored in maybe all 12 of their games. So that, Klubnik definitely fit the mold. You know, quarterback, uh, a little bit more quarterback-friendly offensive system. And on a team that I, I think is going to be in the mix, at least to make the playoff. What do you make of Clemson this year? Uh, they bring in Garrett Riley, which I thought was a, a huge coup for for oh, Dabo, yeah. who's who's obviously he plays it kind of close to the vest, right? Doesn't like to go outside the family, and and now he's he's got to make some changes. He does not go to the portal pretty much ever. Um, but you get Clubnick uh, win total. I'm looking at right now at DraftKings. Uh, always look around. It's it's nine and a half. Um, you know, what are your expectations at Clemson? And, and is that a win total that you've taken a look at? Yeah, I bet over that one. I mean, even if they were to lose those two games, which I don't think is going to be the case. I mean, this is a program that's only lost one home game since 2016, although it was the last home game against South Carolina. But uh, I, I just I, I don't see them losing three games, in my opinion. I think they're better than where they've been at quarterback the last couple of years. So if that's the case, then, I mean, I, I see at least 10 and two, although I will say, I, this is the most important season for, for Dabo. I mean, obviously, him finally getting over the hump winning the title was very important in 2016. But uh, now I think for how his tenure is going to go from this point forward, this is the season, I'll tell me. Because if they continue to, to muddle around like they have the last couple of years with three losses, I think that'd be a bad sign. Brad, when you look at the ACC and, you know, Florida State get a lot of the headlines, rightfully so, how they finished last year and, and what they bring back. And they went to the portal and they brought in some big name guys. And we'll get to FSU here momentarily. But kind of want to do this with almost every conference in the country. Who is a team that maybe you're higher on uh, as you've gone throughout the process? A team that I like, you know, coming off a big year, bring back a lot of production at Duke. You know, you got them at six and a half wins out there. Who's a who's an ACC team that that you're pretty high on this year? Yeah, I, Louisville was a team for me. I bet okay. over seven. That was one of my biggest positions. If you can still find a rogue seven and a half out there, it's mainly painted eight. But I, that's a team that I wouldn't be a bit surprised even makes a run at uh, the ACC championship game in the first year under Brom. I think he fits well, obviously, with Louisville being an alum. Uh, they're not afraid to spend money. I think people don't realize this about Louisville. They have some deeper pockets uh, than, than what people realize. I think he did an unbelievable job in the portal, even post-spring picking up players, uh, guys that will come in and start. I think the defense will be better than expected. They'll really fly to the football, a lot of team speed there. I think, you know, they have, he has a good bridge gap quarterback that understands his system with Plummer, uh, who he has experience with uh, running his offense back to the Purdue days. So I, I really like Louisville. I think that's a team that can make a run at, at Florida State and Clemson. I wouldn't expect them to beat those, either one of those two teams, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised Louisville maybe makes a championship game. When you look at Florida State, 
Um, they just brought in Keon Coleman from, from Michigan State. They brought in Jaheim Bell from South Carolina. Uh, Johnny Wilson's still there. Jordan Travis is still there. Um, you know, they brought in the kid uh, Fisk from uh, from Western Michigan to add some yep. depth to a defensive line. Uh, Verse comes back off the edge there. He's going to be a first-round pick. I mean, we haven't seen a Florida State team talented like this, and I don't know how long. Uh, but the buzz is there, right? I mean, the numbers are there. They open up with LSU. Uh, what do you make of that LSU opener in Orlando? And, and overall, what are your expectations of Florida State this year? Yeah, I think the line's about right. I really would be surprised. I mean, I know a book will probably eventually go to three on LSU, uh, but two, two and a half is where I made it. I probably should have bet LSU because there were some like plus ones out there, but I thought, ah, crossing through zero is nothing. Uh, I'll, I'll be able to make some other, you know, better plus, uh, you know, EV bets throughout the course of the summer. So I, I think they're deservedly a very short dog in that one, but when, again, wouldn't be shocked if, they won that game over LSU. I think Norvell's out coached Kelly the last three years. They met, met uh, obviously, two years when Notre Dame was playing Florida State and then last year's opener. So I wouldn't be stunned if they win that game. They'll be a short underdog against Clemson, but other than that, they'll be a significant favorite, in, really, in the, their, the, their other 10 games. So I, th- it's a legitimate top 10 team, borderline top five team. Uh, would not be a bit surprised if they unseat Clemson this year. I mean, even though they got to go – and here's what you got to think what's different in that ACC this year. Uh, I normally would be a little negative on Florida State just because, well, they got to beat Clemson on the road. And then, you know, they're going to be an underdog to do so. And if they lost that game, then obviously they're two games behind Clemson as far as needing the Tigers to lose two games. Well, it's different this year. You're getting rid of divisions. So they can lose that game against Clemson, get the rematch uh, against Clemson in the ACC championship game. And, you know, I, I would favor the Knowles on a neutral field. In fact, this is the first time since 2014 that I would have someone other than Clemson, the highest, the number one team in my in my ACC power ratings. I think Florida State's deservedly right up there in the mix as a co-favorite. Wow. Yeah. No, it's uh, that team is pretty loaded. And we didn't even mention, um, you know, North Carolina. Uh, with Drake May. I- I'm excited about that season opener in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Uh, North Carolina uh, is a small favorite, minus one and a half. Uh, you know, I-, I had made a prediction because I'm a nerd like this uh, a couple months ago about college game day going to Fort Worth for Colorado and TCU, which, which certainly could happen. But with Big Noon cook- kickoff going there uh, for that game to start the season, I, I think UNC and-, and South Carolina could could ultimately get college game day because you have to remember you know the biggest game of the weekend is on a Sunday uh, with Florida State and uh and LSU uh any bet to make in UNC South Carolina or is that line about right yeah I think it's about right I have okay. North Carolina like one point higher in my power rings I think it'll be a true neutral site there so no bet there I I think you know obviously LSU Florida State is the the headliner I think yep. the best game on Saturday is the North Carolina South Carolina game uh, so, I, I mean, that's a big swing game for both programs, in my opinion. So, and, and you know, you start looking at conferences too. That would be a good feather in the cap for the ACC to, to, to get a win over the SEC. But uh, no, that's pretty much a toss-up for me. I mean, I do like Drake May quite a bit, but uh, I, I I need more and see more on the defensive side for North Carolina and South Carolina. It could go either way. Uh, I mean, I think Shane Beamer's done a wonderful job his first two years. He's clearly exceeded expectations, but. I think they've been fortunate in a couple of games. Um, even though I think this is his best team, 
I wouldn't be a bit surprised he has he doesn't have the best record uh, of his three teams there. I, I'm not sure that they match last year's win total. You know, Brad, last week on uh, on Veasan Primetime, uh, we talked about a couple G five versus Power five games in Week one, and you know, as as college football fans, we like when uh, when the little guy, when the David can can pull off the victory. You know, you look at the Cotton Bowl and Tulane coming back to beat USC was uh, was a fun game to see. Um, you've kind of, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, and we'll get into a couple of the games because we've seen the market move towards the Power Five team early on. And let's be honest, you know, we know who the people are betting those games. It's not the recreational better throwing down, you know, twenty-two bucks to win twenty bucks. It's it's people who have got their power ratings and are firing like yourself. We've seen the Boise Washington game move already off a key number of fourteen to you know, 14 and a half, 15 at some spots. Actually, at 16, uh, I see at one shop. We've seen the Toledo-Illinois game move quite a bit. It's up to 11 at some spots. Uh, we talked about Texas Tech and Wyoming uh, last week. That's a week one game on the road in Laramie. So with the transfer portal being as, as prevalent as it ever has been, how big of the gap is the P5 to G5 becoming, in your opinion? It's getting wider, and uh, I've been doing some deep dive podcast. Uh, and, and you know, Todd Furman's asked me. I wasn't even really thinking about it so much. I'm just so you know, focused, laser focused on power <laughs> ranks and not thinking big picture a lot of times. Uh, but he's asked me the questions. You know, what's going on at the G5 level? Because we've been previewing G5 conferences, and I went through my power ratings the last ten years, and the average team power rating for a G5 school has went down in the last. You know, especially in the last three, four years. So, and, and as I'm previewing these teams, I mean, it's almost across the board. I mean, at least a couple of starters are, are and a lot of times post spring, are leaving for Power Five teams. Uh, guys that were expected to play this year. That I mean, they were in in for spring with these schools, and and they're leaving. So, I think the gap. I, I mean, I'm going to sound chalky, but all those games that you mentioned, I have tickets on the favorite, the, the P5 favorite there, and. I know people want to paint this picture that, oh, man, you know, is it a letdown spot? Are they going to be focused and whatnot? I'm not sure that it matters. I just think that gap is getting wider and wider, and I'm not afraid to, 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 to lay some points here. I actually thought they were, you know, relatively you – know, I, I didn't think they were pretty chalky when I'm laying under two touchdowns in a lot of those spots. Well, a spot that doesn't have a game of the year line, uh, at least I haven't seen one, is a week two matchup, Ole Miss going to Tulane. Uh, how high are you on, on, uh, Tulane this year, still being in the AAC, uh, you know, we'll get into the AAC shortly. And I know you've guys have done that deep dive. If you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to do so. Uh, the bet the board podcast, it's been great prep for me listening to those podcasts. Uh, but Ole Miss at Tulane is Tulane, one of your higher rated, you know, G five teams. And, and is there a number? I guess I won't put it out there because I know you'll probably want to bet it. But, you know, is that a potential spot where the G5 team isn't that far off from a P5 team? Yeah, so they're they're my highest rated, uh, you know, non, you know, G5 team. I don't think that should be a shock. Right. I mean, they are coming off of, you know, winning uh, Cotton Bowl over USC and then, you know, beat the Big 12 champ as well in that season. I mean, they finished last season in my top 25, my power ratings. Maybe it doesn't sound like much, but that's pretty good for to make in a, a Vegas power rating from a team coming off a two and ten season to to jump that high into my top twenty five. So uh, obviously they're not as good as last year. They lose a lot of weapons. They lose a couple you know decent wide receivers. They particularly lose on offense Spears at running back, which I mean he was a monster in the final three games of the season for them. 
I thought he single-handedly won the Cincinnati game, big game against UCF, and then had a bunch of explosive plays against USC. Uh, defensively, they lose a bunch of their top guys. That worries me. A couple of their top two linebackers that you know, that, that combined for almost 250 tackles last year alone. So there's still some talent to work with. I mean, obviously, a quarterback, Michael Pratt, might, might be one of the best chief five quarterbacks out there. I know a lot of power five programs were hoping to get him to transfer. He didn't. He stayed there. Got a nice NIL deal. I think Willie Fritz is really good. Uh, but he has to replace the coordinator, so that worries me. I did bet. It wasn't my favorite bet, but I, I did go under nine and a half. I think it's a nine and three team. And mm-hmm. one of the losses I expect is to Ole Miss, even though it's at home for Tulane. No, I think it'll be a, a competitive point spread. I'm expecting Ole Miss to be favored probably anywhere from three and a half to six points is where okay. I put it right now. So you mentioned, you know, we, we keep seeing – these G five teams, you know, go up, uh, in level. And we, you know, obviously yeah. we've seen G five teams go from lesser G five conferences like the CUSA going to the AAC. And then, I mean, it's just a, it's a jumbled mess all over the place, but four teams jump into the power five this year from the G five. You got BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, all of their win totals. I think would surprise people considering the success that majority of those programs have had, especially at the AAC level is it a blanket fade of those four teams? Do you think one of those teams could actually do okay this year in the Big 12? How, how are you looking at those four teams heading into the Big 12? Well, I thought the market was a little low on, you know, on those teams. So I did bet Cincinnati over four and a half. Just thought it was low. Houston, I don't like Dana Holgerson, but again, I thought that was low. The team that I'm most confident about is UCF from a talent mm. aspect, and I just think they're built. Uh, to, to go right, jump right in and play Big 12 uh, football. Uh, so that was my favorite win total bet uh, of the four that I made. I bet all four teams. I did bet BYU under. I thought six was at least a half game too high. I, I got them more in the, in the five, five and a half, maybe five and seven range for the Cougars this year. I think that they, they need to – they have the most work to do, I think, uh, as far as, you know, retooling what they need to be as a program to fit in with the Big 12. So – from a recruiting aspect specifically. Uh, so and kind of a mixed bag. It's all price relative. But if there's one team that can make a run out of the four, I ex- fully expect it to be UCF. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. That's a 7-8, maybe even 9-win team this year. So I put it out on Twitter that you were coming on the pod. So we got a couple questions. And you already answered one from uh, at Prediction Dog on the Heisman Trophy. Uh, but a couple uh, Mountaineer fans out there at German <laughs> DC and at MJ Grizzy both wanted to know your thoughts on the West Virginia win total uh, sitting at four and a half juiced minus 140 to the over uh, seems like quite an important year for for Neil Brown and uh, I'll be honest Brad when I when I remember you know a buddy of mine uh, that we would, you know, go back and forth and be like, when is Neil Brown going to get a job? And it ultimately gets to West Virginia. And, and I thought it would be a, a great hire. Uh, it has not gone as well. Uh, and uh, certainly a, a critical year for him. What do you make of the Mountaineers, Mountaineers in uh, 2023? Yeah, it's funny. I just tweeted about them last night. Uh, there was a not-so-glowing scouting report on them in one of the preseason magazines, Athlon, that really said that this is a MAC-level program. So that was... Uh, as negative as that is and as negative as I think the fan base is, I bet over four and a half. I mean, look at you know what he's done in four years. I know it hasn't been great, but he somehow finds a way to win five, six games every year, even though they're consistently playing 11 power five teams each year. And that's 
the case again this year with Penn State and Pittsburgh in the non-conference. So again, 11 power five teams. Nobody's doing that on a consistent basis across the country. So uh, I think he's done better than what people have said. I, I, I didn't think Dana Holgerson left him too much. Uh, when you look at the, uh, the recruiting that was going on there, particularly on the offensive line. Uh, do I expect him to make it to year six? Probably not, even though I bet over four and a half wins. Uh, I think it's a five and seven type of team. And with all the negativity and a new athletic director, would not be a bit surprised he has a short lease this year. And I'll tell you the two games to look out for would be uh, obviously the backyard brawl against Pittsburgh early on. I mean, you can't get crushed on national TV on NBC on the opener even though they're a significant underdog. I mean, you can't lose by 40 points to Penn State. And then at Houston, they got a bye prior to that facing Dana Holgerson. Uh, if he's going to keep his job, I think he has to go at least 1-1 against Pittsburgh and Houston. And I, I suspect he needs to go 2-0 and in those games. So a team that last year, if you had played their win total over, I think it cashed in like the third week of the season. That was Kansas in the Big yeah. 12. Uh, I believe they bring back... I want to say the most offensive production in the country this year. Jalen Daniels is back, um, but they were a team that won a ton of close games. They went six and six. They lost the uh, the thrilling Liberty Bowl. Did cover, but uh, did did ultimately lose it. So you know their non con seems manageable. You know home to Missouri State, uh, home to Illinois on the road in Reno against Nevada. Uh, they get BYU. They get UCF. They don't get Cincinnati. Uh, they do get Cincinnati to close out. So I was just looking at their win total at Circa. It's set at six. Uh, how do you? What do you expect from uh, Lance Leipold uh, this year after you know making a bowl game and, and certainly get that fan base pretty juiced up? And you know a lot of people expected him to leave for Nebraska. Nebraska ultimately goes with Matt Rule. They give Leipold a, a brand new contract. So uh, what do you expect from the Jayhawks this year? So I took a pretty strong position under six and a half at plus yeah. money. Uh, it was one of my favorite season win total bets. Still I mean, available, yeah, by the way. At uh, it's it's juiced to the under now, but is six and a half still available at DraftKings? Yeah, so I I would still make that bet. I think Circa has a sharper number at six, obviously, and you know half wins it doesn't sound like they're worth much. They're worth about seventy cents, in my opinion. So Whew. shop around, you'll find. I think in almost every single case, every single team on the board, you'll find that extra half win if you shop really hard. In a lot of cases, you can find a win difference. I mean, obviously, sometimes you're going to be paying extra juice, but just keep that in mind whenever you're making a season win total bet. I really think it's, we always say it's important to shop, but this time of year, it's extremely important. Uh, why, why, why did I go under six and a half? Even though I like, I always love the coaches. I love the returning uh, uh, production. I just, like you mentioned, I just think they overachieved last year, even with Daniels missing a few games, getting hurt. Uh, I just think they're going to be in a bunch of close games, and I'm not sure that that's going to, you know, the ball is going to go their way this year. So I, I, I made the win total like 5.7. So, again, under 6.5 was worth a, a pretty good bet for me. When you look at the Big 12 futures market, um, you know, Texas uh, is the favorite at plus 120, Oklahoma plus 350. I was interested to see that I think both of them were sitting at 9.5 wins. Different juice. Uh, you've got Kansas State, Texas Tech. Uh, Baylor, TCU, kind of all in that. Uh, well, Kansas State plus 450, and then Texas Tech and Baylor, TCU, kind of all in that teens range in the futures market. Um, is Texas your best team in the Big yeah. 12? And who do you think, outside of Texas, that could make some noise potentially? Yeah, Texas is the best team. And, I, I mean, I know they're probably the most underachieving program in the country last decade. They've only went over their win total one time. 
uh, since I've been following it. And this is going 10 plus years, I think 12 years, I have data on season win totals. So went under every single year except one. That was the year that uh, they, they ended up winning the, the Sugar Bowl over Georgia. Uh, but I like this year's team quite a bit, even though they lose B. John Robinson, man, they got a lot of weapons as much as anybody in the country at the skill positions. I think Quinn Ewers, the fact that he's feeling a little bit of pressure this year, uh, the, the, the fact that they went out and got Arch Manning and Malik Murphy had an outstanding spring game, another quarterback for, for Texas that can, can be, if Quinn Ewers got hurt, I, I wouldn't blink an eye for the most part, uh, but I think he'll be much improved. Uh, I think Sark, Maybe not great head coach, but he can call plays as well as anybody in the country. I think the defense is going to be better. They got a five-star linebacker, Hill. I think it's going to come in and play and be a, an immediate uh, contributor for them. So I like them. I favor them in every single game except one. That's week two at Alabama. And keep in mind, they could have easily won that game. Yep. And if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, I think they do beat Alabama last year. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game. But, yeah, they're a the clear-cut favorite. I, I would have them five, six points on a neutral against Oklahoma. Oklahoma would be two for me. Uh, I need to see a lot more from Venables, though. I mean, the talent level, I think, is there with what he did in the recruiting class, in particular the transfer portal. I really like the McCulloch kid on the edge from Indiana. I mean, he's got a lot of length. I think that's a future first-round type pick for, for them on defense. So uh, he's done a good job as far as the talent influx in the last 18 months. Now he's got to prove it on the field. Uh, if there's a team that I that's outside the top – four or five that can make a run. I think it's Texas tech. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, Willie Hill Caesars posted a 20 to one. This was early in the process. I took a flyer. That was one conference future that I made 20 to one. I, I really like Joey McGuire. Love the hire, love his coordinators. I, I, I even like the talent there. And you're thinking what they just lost a top 10 pick on defense. I'm here to tell you, they got two very capable guys still on the edge that, that, that I think can be, you know, they're going to get drafted. I'll put it that way. I mean, they'll be highly productive. So, I liked what I saw from Texas Tech. I'm going to be a bit surprised that's a team that can make a run like what we saw from Kansas State TCU last year. Well, give me a, give me a, give me a nice plus price there, odds makers. Week two, Texas Tech hosting Oregon. Let's, uh, I think let's, I can win that game all right. I do too. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, we talked about Wyoming, Texas Tech. I feel like we've talked about it way too much on this podcast already, not just this particular one, but just over the past couple of weeks. But the, the way my brain works, Brad, I'm like, Texas Tech, I know you bet it, so I don't want you to lose your bet, but I'm like, give me a close game against Wyoming, so then people (laughs) say, ah, they stink, and then we just pounce on Texas Tech week two against Oregon. I'd rather them just smash Wyoming and then just beat Oregon. I mean, that that works too. Yeah. (laughs) I did take their win total over too. That's a team. I I like them quite a bit. I think Joey McGuire's got a real pulse on that Texas high school football scene. And here's a sneaky one, because I really like Dave Aranda at Baylor. Keep in mind, Joey McGuire was his right-hand man there for those first couple of years and left after last year. So if you're trying to put you know, put the puzzle together and why Baylor slipped so much, maybe the absence of a guy like Joey McGuire uh, hurt that program uh, quite a bit. I'm talking Baylor. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, real quickly, you mentioned Alabama, Texas. No doubt the week two uh, premier game that'll be prime time, I think on ABC was announced uh, September 9th. Uh, obviously, we know how last ESPN, year. ESPN, I think, got it. ESPN, yeah, that's right. Seven seven o'clock Eastern, I believe, is the uh, the kick time uh, for that game. Uh, seven is out there. Um, I think there were hooks. I would imagine <laughs> if those hooks disappeared, you might have been part of those hooks disappearing. But at seven, is Texas uh, worth a look for you against Alabama? No, I think there's better plays to be made. Okay. Uh, if you can find the hook, obviously, but. Uh, 
No, I, I just think it, it'll be – I don't expect it unless Alabama really, you know, doesn't look good against Middle Tennessee. They both play two tomato cans, so I don't expect much movement in that point spread uh, as we get closer to that one. So, no, it's not worth tying up your money. There's just not a big enough edge there. Now, what do I think the right side is? I do think it's Texas. Would not be a bit surprised – for forget covering the spread. Would not be a bit surprised Texas goes in there and wins that game. I just – I'm not seeing it from Alabama. They're not buttoned up. I mean, whether it's, you know, penalties, turnovers, drop passes, they're just not the same Alabama program that we're accustomed to seeing for the last 15 years. Yeah, and that's been interesting. I mean, you know, uh, I saw win totals jump at 10.5. Uh, you mentioned Circa. They opened 10. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing is Alabama, I went back and looked. I think you might know off the top of your head, I think they've had one nine win season in the last 15 years. And that's what that's you'd have. To, and that's what you'd have to get uh, in order to cash that. If you bet under 10, now, 10 and a half would be different last year. They only had 10 wins uh, in the regular season. So you certainly, uh, you certainly could get it. Um, but looking at Alabama and that win total, um, you know, if they're, I don't think there are any 10 and a half still out there. Oh yeah. Uh, there's still 10 and a half. Uh, would you? Oh yeah, ten and a half right now. I'm looking at it at DraftKings. Uh, would you look under ten and a half for Alabama? Not only look, I bet that first there time I bet under an Alabama win total probably in 15 years. Uh, wow, probably, which means first time ever for me. So uh, look, I mean they, they they lost two games last year with the number one pick in the draft at quarterback. They don't have the number one pick in the draft at quarterback this year. And then oh, they could have won those games. They lost on the last play on the road against Tennessee and LSU. Well, I'm here to tell you they were very fortunate to win a couple of games against Texas. I already mentioned Texas A&M came down to the final play. Imagine if Jimbo Fisher had a creative offensive play call on that probably beats Alabama in that game. So, uh, and that's just not this year, the year before they, they had some fortunate wins against Florida, two point conversion failed attempt for, for Florida, another bad play call by, by Dan Mullen. And also Tank Bigsby. I think people forget this one runs out of bounds. If he just falls down on the ground, probably Auburn can run out the clock and you don't get that thrilling, you know, come from behind to tie it up and force overtime drive by Bryce Young to beat Auburn that year. So even with a quarterback like Bryce Young, four or five games a season are coming down in the final play of the game and now you're getting less quarterback play. I just, I, I, I don't ask me which ones they'll be, but would not be a bit surprised this team loses two games this year, whether it be Texas, LSU, Texas A&M on the road, I think, is a tough game. Tennessee at home, we'll see if they figure out a game plan and stop that offense. Uh, so I think a lot of those games are in play. We've gotten this far, and I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm going to pat myself on the back because <laughs> we've, we've gone 40-plus minutes already, Brad, and we have not mentioned Colorado. Uh, they have been <laughs> the, uh, the talk of college football. Uh, and I understand why. Look, it, you know, Dion is, is a great hire for them, uh, certainly has made some waves uh, for how he's gone about constructing that roster. Uh, they get, you know, as we mentioned already, the big noon kickoff to start off their season as they take on the, you know, runner-up last year in TCU, albeit a very different-looking TCU team. So, you know, we talked about USC last year a lot, and I believe the quote that you had was they were, you know, in your opinion, the most uh, improved but also most overrated team heading into last year. Can the same be said about Colorado, you know, this year? What what do you how do you properly power rate this Colorado team knowing that it is just a complete changeover uh with that roster? 
very astute by you because I couldn't have used a better example. Now, I ended up being wrong, obviously, on USC. I lost my win total bet. But, I mean, they were plus 24 in turnovers yeah. uh, and uh, could have easily lost a couple of those games. So I don't think I was that far off there. But that's exactly, exactly the same terminology I would use. I think Colorado's the most improved team. I still think they're the most overrated. I have upgraded them as much as any team in my power rating. I think Miami's the only one that's close in their ballpark as far as, you know, what would I favor this year's team over last year's team? Uh, and yet I still bet some of those early ridiculous win totals that they posted, five and a half, four and a half. Uh, I just, I don't see that. My true numbers have them, even with that upgrade, like a three-win team, maybe, you know, I'd set it at three and a half as far as the win total. I bet TCU in that opener when, when they first hung that number. So right now, I mean, I'm not being anti-Dion. Again, I think it's, you know, at least at this point, been an outstanding hire. All the publicity that we've gotten, the recruiting, the talent upgrade, it's all been a, a positive. But, again, I think people are just going overboard because Colorado wasn't just a 1-11 team last year. You know, a tough luck. They lost four or five games by a touchdown or whatever. They were a pathetic 1-11 team. I mean, their margin of defeat was as bad as any Power 5 team we've seen in the last decade. So, I mean, they were bottom 10 in my power ratings. I mean, that's how bad they were overall, counting the group of five. So even with that big significant upgrade, I just I don't see it. I mean, you know, maybe they can beat a Stanford in play, beat a Colorado State non-conference, but the fact that you're playing a TCU and Nebraska non-conference doesn't bode well with 11 P5 teams. Again, they can be the most improved team in the country and still only go 3-9. and nine. So last year, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, get those hooks, right? You know, I, I was very happy to find a 10 and a half on Ohio State last year. And when I saw Colorado three and a half, I mean, that was my favorite bet. I couldn't put enough money into, you know, in on, on under Colorado. So it's three and a half again. Now you're paying the juice, not as uh, expensive as it was last year, where I think it touched $2 before those hooks started to disappear. So at three and a half, you mentioned Stanford's going to be down. They'll be a favorite against Colorado State. They do get Nebraska at home, um, you know, Arizona as well. Uh, three and a half is that is that worth a play? I know you've been fortunate to get you know those those crooked numbers that were out there, <laughs> but uh, Colorado three and a half worth it for those listening right now. I would lean that way. I would say this: uh, since they're holding your money up and they got an interest free loan, there's other places to go to as far as better bets to make. <laughs> well, let's get to it. I want to talk about. Uh, we'll get into the big boys of the Pac-12, and, and you know, Brad, when you look at the Pac-12. Is this the best this conference has been and in, in how long, in your opinion? Oh, wow. Because you since think about the quarterbacks. Been, yeah, since I've been in the industry, probably, and that's 15 wow. years. Yeah. Uh, and probably, I mean, they weren't great, overly that great in the 90s, in my opinion. I mean, I know USC was a flag bearer for the conference for a long time in the 2000s. Uh, you know, that Cal team was really good that one year. They almost beat USC with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but – I mean, even then, I don't think they were as, as deep as what they are now. Uh, and how deep are they? Well, I think they have five or six legitimate top 30 teams. I mean, I think obviously you start at the top, USC. Oregon's right there. Washington, I mean, I love Kalen DeBoer, and they bring back. They might have one of the best passing offenses in the country with Michael Penix and that wide receiver core back. So they're right in the mix. Can't forget the two-time defending Pac-12 champ, Utah. Uh, and they got their quarterback, if healthy. He returns. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at Oregon State, they might have been the quietest 10-win team. 
that, that I've seen at the power five level in two decades. I mean, I don't think anybody realizes that they won 10 games a year ago and Jonathan Smith upgraded at quarterback, in my opinion, and they'll be in the mix. And then it'll be interesting to see where UCLA falls, but I, I, I don't think they dropped too far. I, I think they're still an eight, nine win caliber team. So yeah, five, six teams in my top 30 right now, my power ratings. That's, that's right up there with the SECs and the Big Tens of the world. So you hear this all the time uh, with uh, with basketball when, you know, big free agents are saying, well, you know, there's only one ball. Well, there's only so many wins to be handed yeah. out, right, in the Pac-12. So, you know, off the top of your head, you know, you know, immediately you're like, okay, Oregon State's going over. Uh, Oregon brings back Bo Nix and a ton of talent. They're going over. And then, you know, oh, Cam Ward's coming back at Washington State. Well, they can't win all the games. So <laughs> – uh, is there a team that maybe is just getting a little bit too much love uh, that, that you have to take a look at a, an under position, even though you may, may like the team overall? I bet Washington State was a, a, a team that I bet under six and a half wins. It was plus money, even though I love, you know, that Ben Arbuckle higher for them. I just, I don't see the wins. I don't think they're as good as those five, six teams that I've already mentioned. So, and, and they, they play, play Wisconsin. West, yeah. And Wisconsin's going to have revenge. And I think Wisconsin's improved. So they were one that I bet. I haven't got to the window on the, the Utahs of the world. Uh, Oregon, I would lean under there. Washington, I think, is appropriately priced. Uh, I did bet you know, at the bottom of the league. I already mentioned Colorado was an underplay. I bet uh, Stanford under three and a half was one of my favorite. I think it hurts. We talk about the top of the league. I actually think it hurts the bottom of the league. I just mm-hmm. don't see the Arizonas, the Arizona States of the world being that competitive with the, the, the gap between the top six and the bottom six is pretty significant. So I bet Arizona under, even though I like Jed Fish, I bet under five and a half there. I like Kenny Dillingham as well. I think that's a great hire for Arizona State, but I bet under five there. Uh, so it was kind of disparate. I didn't bet too many of the teams at the top. They were appropriately priced other than USC at the start. And a lot of unders on the bottom teams, because I just don't see a lot of wins for those. How bad is Stanford? Uh, they're, they're the worst. Uh, you know, I even got them behind Colorado, so they're the worst you know, group of, or group of five. Well, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of group of five teams ahead of them. They're the worst power five team in the country right now. Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's wild to think they're uh, just still beat Notre Dame last year. They did. They did. Yeah. So I had a bunch uh, of guys drafted last year too. And uh, that was, uh, look, I- I'll say this, you know, I, I actually, you and I've had, uh, you know, plenty of these conversations. I-, I thought what Tommy Reese did with, a group of five quarterback, in my opinion, Drew Pine was was kind of like miracle work at times. But that offense against Stanford was a was an abomination. There's no business for them to lose that game. Yeah, there was just times where I mean, Drew Pine was just I mean, really bad. I wouldn't even take him at the G five level to be honest with you. I mean, it was that bad. And that is was he really going to be? Is he really going to be the starter at Arizona Ooh, State? I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I just can't see it. He's in the mix. So the fact that they have a former walk-on, the Borkay kid did play well last year, but he's a walk-on, and I, I think he might win the job. So that tells you where Drew Pine stands there. So uh, I'll tell you what, you you want <laughs> what was worse than the Stanford game? I forgot how bad it was. The second half against Navy might have been the worst offensive oh, half of football that I've ever seen Notre Dame play. They came out, uh, yeah. They came out in that game, and and they were gangbusters. You know, everything was was moving there, um, and uh, and then it just kind of fell apart. Um, you know, I do want to get to the Big Ten here, but you know, I, saw, I like transitions. Um, week zero, let's just look at the board real quickly. Not a ton of games, but honestly, for a week zero, we get 
two, we get the Heisman Trophy winner playing San Jose State, USC San Jose State. And then we also get Notre Dame and, and Navy over in, uh, in Dublin. So we've got uh, seven games with lines out there. Is there any play uh, currently available that, <laughs> that you would say is, uh, is worth a look for those uh, needing that jonesing for that week zero action, Brad? Yeah, uh, I've bet almost all of them already. Uh, I would still take <laughs> Massachusetts plus 10. I think there's 11 out there if you want to go in faraway places. I would take Massachusetts plus that big number there. I mean, I love what Jerry Kill's done. I just can't lay that big of a number with that team. And look no further than them losing outright at two-touchdown favorite to FIU last year. Uh, so that's one I think still is offering some value. I have bet Navy plus 21.5, obvious mm-hmm. reasons, getting that hook. I'd still bet Navy plus 21, to be honest with you. In fact, Notre Dame's only beaten Navy. I look back through it. The last 21 times they played, Notre Dame's only beaten Navy by more than 21 points six times on the last 21. So I would still bet Navy there. I think, look, if you're just, you know, sometimes at the start of the season, if you're a little worried, you want to gauge, you know, where these teams are at. I think the best game, I haven't bet it yet. I think it's appropriately priced, but the best game in week zero is Ohio at San Diego State. We can get a real good evaluation of those two teams and how good they can be. Because that's that if that was a bowl game in December, you wouldn't blink an eye right now. So I think that's a good matchup. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's a, it's a really intriguing uh, matchup that we get there. Uh, you know, I, I spent three years on the Navy broadcast team, so they're always near and dear to my heart. Uh, Coach Ken is just uh, such a class act. And uh, what he did there over the years was uh, was honestly, you know, uh, as I use the term again, miracle work, you know, the, the years that they had, uh, even most recently when they, you know, went down to the Liberty Bowl, I think that was an 11 and two team, a team that Notre Dame did actually pummel uh, that year, but they ended yeah. up in the top 25. Um, you know, the AAC, I don't want to go too crazy in it. And if you want an AAC full breakdown, uh, make sure to check out Brad and Todd on Bet the Board. Uh, they've already done that. But do you expect Navy to uh, to make some strides now that you get rid of some of the big boys like Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, and you bring in some teams from the CUSA, and they actually they bring back a lot from last year. A team that, as you mentioned, played great second half against Notre Dame and then beat UCF outright the following week. Yeah, so again, I'm betting these outlier numbers, but FanDuel, I had like five and a half. I bet over five and a half. I know there's some early money. I think DraftKings opened seven. And I understood the under seven there because I made it about six and a half. And you, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think they're one of those programs along with like Temple, East Carolina, that were kind of drudging along in the AAC. Now I think that, you know, with the the, the newcomers, I think the, the Navy's better than a lot of the newcomers. Uh, that's a watered down league. So I think they do benefit. You mentioned the returning experience. I mean, 16 starters returning for Navy. That's the most that they've had at that institution. Since 1990, or at least 1990, my records only go back to 1990. So that's a, a very experienced Naval Academy there. And I know they got a new coach, but, you know, I, I liked what I'm rewatching the Notre Dame game. I liked what I saw on defense. They'll miss the one kid off the edge. But other than that, everyone else is back. So I think they can, you know, they, they'll get their bowl game, something they haven't been to in the last since that 2019 team. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, something to point out, too, uh, for Navy, uh, and I'll see if you agree. I know they have a new changing of the guard with Brian Newberry taking over there. Um, but, you know, their first two years in the AAC, they went 14-2 and two in conference play. Yeah, and you're getting, you're getting new teams facing the triple uh, this Excellent year. Excellent point. 
So I, I think the success that Navy has, I, I think I, I'm a little bummed, Brad, that we get a higher number because I was hoping that we could get uh, a sneak attack, so to speak, from the mids based off of poor performances the last three years, new head coach, but you're running that triple. You've got this, you've got new teams that don't know how to defend the triple. No, I mean, I thought that was a pretty sharp number that they posted, unfortunately. Cause Dang I, you. Yeah. So, Dang you, odds makers. Yeah. With that being said, I still have bet 100 season win totals. But, I mean, that was sharper number. I, I do think the numbers are sharper than last year. Last year I thought was, wow. I mean, if I could have bet my life uh, on will you make money or not on these season win total bets this year uh, as a whole, I, I would have made – I would have bet my life on it. That's how bad they were a year ago. 100 win totals. I haven't gotten to it. I pointed it out. Uh, I needed to set a proper line. Um, so we got win totals, Heisman trophies, week zero, week one. We've got uh, game of the years. Are we north of 200? I'll set the line at 200.5 on Brad Powers bets on May 31st. Yeah, that's a good number. It's, it's 206. I had to actually count it because I saw I was reading uh, the replies uh, on Twitter. I was like, wow, you know what? I, I think it's around 200. I gotta, I gotta physically count them myself. But yeah, last night I counted two oh six is what I had two, in my pocket. Two oh six. There you go. Uh, uh, I, I, I set a good line. I'm happy that I, I set a good line. All right, we, we've gone really long, uh, but we haven't hit the Big Twelve. So let's, uh, we'll wrap on the Big Twelve. Um, fair to say, incredibly top heavy with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Where are those three teams in your power ratings heading into this year? Yeah, believe it or not, I mean, they're all my, they're really close. A lot of the teams six through ten, but. My current iteration, I think I have Penn State sixth or seventh. I'm not looking at it exactly now because I'm constantly tweaking, but all three would be in there. I mean, I, I got Michigan two right now. I mean, that's that's pretty good. But, I mean, back-to-back playoffs, and I think at least coming into a season, they got as much to be excited about as they've had the last couple of years. So Michigan's right there. Ohio State, I think, three. Alabama would be four. And then, I, again, Penn State would be at six. So clearly far and away, head and shoulders above Everybody else in the Big Ten, those three teams. I mean, Wisconsin would be the next team in line, and I don't have them in my top 20. I think they're 22. So Penn State's win total is sitting at 9.5. They they play the big boys uh, like they always do, Michigan and Ohio State. Um, I'm pulling up their schedule uh, right now just to to have it for – uh, that purposes, but you opened at West Virginia or against West Virginia at home, uh, which is, you know, an 18 and a half point spread. They get Iowa at home, which I think they announced was going to be a whiteout game at Ohio state home to Michigan, uh, neutral site against Michigan state. So we'll start with Penn state. A lot of buzz. We mentioned drew Aller, uh, right. He's at 25 to one, uh, to win the Heisman trophy. Uh, do you anticipate double digit wins from Penn state? And is this a season win total you've, uh, you've, you've looked at? I would bet the over. I haven't yet. Uh, maybe I'll get around to it. Certainly would lean over. I just it's pretty priced accordingly. They don't yeah. beat Ohio State and Michigan, so I mean, it's almost like you want to chalk up two losses almost from the get go. Now I think they're far and away better than everybody else on their schedule, so I don't see the other loss. But lean over. What really bothered me why I haven't bet it yet? Man, I watched their spring game, and it was defensively they're going to be top ten, maybe top five material in the country. But when you're, yeah, I mean, it's important to put in perspective spring games. You know, what, what's going on? Is it ones versus ones? Who's playing? Who's sitting out and whatnot? What's the lineup look like? And Penn State starting offense, so starting offense is playing the second string Penn State defense. 
and they got dominated. The Penn State offense did. Couldn't move the football, couldn't do anything. Their offense line was abysmal. Alar, uh, some inconsistencies to, to say the least as far as you know, completing passes. And guys, guys were open from time to time, and he just couldn't hit them. So I love their running backs. Uh, the wide receivers will be fine, in my opinion, but that offensive line and the inexperienced quarterback has, is preventing me from betting over nine and a half right now. So Ohio State, uh, I would say let's lead with the uh, the champs, but they aren't the champs. They haven't yeah. won the conference in two straight years. They've, uh, you know, their fan base. You, you, we were talking about Notre Dame, and you know, will can we get a national title in our lifetime? Uh, it's it's pretty nice to be an Ohio State fan when the worst thing is, hey, we can't beat Michigan for two straight years. But their win total sitting at ten and a half. Uh, mentioned, you know, Ohio State uh, or Penn State, excuse me. They get at home. They go to Notre Dame. They close out the season at the big house at Michigan. Uh, how do you look at this Ohio State team? We know about the wide receivers. They're elite among the elite. Uh, how do you expect uh, the Buckeyes to be this year? Yeah, I mean, 10.5 was appropriately priced. I think they're going to be a short underdog at Michigan. I mean, for the first time, I mean, going into a, that game in, in the offseason, I mean, probably first time in a decade plus where I'd have them an underdog in that game. Uh, and then, I mean, Notre Dame and Penn State aren't slam dunks, and they're at Wisconsin. So, and what worried me is they're going from the last five, six years having a first rounder at quarterback. I, from what I saw, I didn't see a first rounder at quarterback in the spring game. So, that, I mean, you can have all the talent around him as you want, but I mean, if you can't beat Michigan with first round quarterback, can, can you beat them with a kid that might be their least talented guy? Uh, since, you know, Barrett and, uh, he was at least experienced. Uh, yeah, that's too big of a question for me. And I, I didn't like the offensive line either, uh, at a, especially at the tackle positions. I think defense will be better this year, especially up front. I think, you know, JTT and, and that Sawyer kid off the edge would be really good. And then I like Michael Hall as well on the defensive line. I think secondary would be better and linebackers would be better. So on the whole defense, It'll be it's the it's not the biggest question for me. It is offensive line and quarterback, and I don't say that much with the Buckeyes, but I thought ten and a half was fair. I haven't bet it yet. And then uh, Michigan, um, you know, they're a team who, like normal, uh, has a ridiculously easy non-conference schedule. Yeah. Uh, East Carolina, UNLV, and uh, your alma mater, Bowling Green, uh, to wrap up that uh, trio of uh, of domination there uh they do travel to lincoln um they, they get ohio state at home um you know what are your expectations uh, of michigan fresh off of back-to-back playoff appearances yeah we lean over it's another one i haven't bet and that, that's pretty common for me I, I think you know the market can for the most part properly price the top 10 teams it's everybody yeah. else that they have issue with so haven't gotten to the window yet on michigan's win total 10 and a half is where i'd make it i'd have the over juice though maybe even a little bit more than what it is so lean over one thing watching their spring game that i came away really impressed with defensive line and outside that you know that southern corridor of the the clemsons the alabamas the georgias of the world the last decade in football i would argue that michigan defensive line is the, the best i've seen outside of those schools in the last decade as far as athleticism size depth talent so that really stood out to me i think i feel better about michigan right now than what i did the last couple of years and obviously those two teams won the big 10 and made the playoff so give us uh, a big 10 team that either you're higher on or lower than uh the market Who, who's a team that uh you've you've honed in on there uh not among the big trio oh wow uh 
at current numbers, it'll be a little bit tough because uh, yeah. I have faded some Iowa and Wisconsin at, at uh, you know certain numbers that just aren't available now. Uh, I wasn't buying the nine and a half on Wisconsin. I think eight and a half was early posted on Iowa. A team that I probably like a little bit more than a market, and I think you can still find it, maybe. Uh, Minnesota, I bet over six and a half. I'm a little bit more bullish on them. I think at quarterback, they're going to be better than expected there. Uh, and, man, I'm thinking, racking my brain. I haven't bet that many Big Ten win totals too much. Uh, Indiana, I, I you want to talk about you know having a disparate thought on that one. I bet over three and a half, and then Circa posted four and a half, and I took under. So I'm Ooh, hoping for a little bit middle of middle baby. there. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and the bigger position was actually Circa's number. I bet under four and a half was the bigger of the two positions. So uh, I think the Big Ten, for the most part, has been appropriately priced. I don't have as many win total tickets on that conference as I do. I mean, there's some conferences I have a win total ticket on every team in the conference. So we'll uh, we'll close out with this because, you know, uh, it's going to limit us and I'm not going to be able to go for, for years. But let, let's get to the team that you and I cheer for and have bet against a fair number of times, maybe you more than I, that would be Notre Dame. Uh, eight and a half was a win total posted at Circa. Nine, I believe, at DraftKings. I don't know if we saw nine and a half. You might have popped no. under nine and a half. Um, so Notre Dame, you bring in Sam Hartman. Um, they've addressed some needs in the transfer portal. They've lost some pieces in the transfer portal. They lost an offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, the, the, the big three on their schedule, Clemson, they're a four-and-a-half-point underdog. They're a slight favorite at DraftKings against USC, and they're a seven-point underdog at Ohio State. What is your outlook on Notre Dame in 2023? I haven't bet it yet. You mentioned nine-and-a-half. That's what I've been waiting for because I want to yeah. take under nine-and-a-half. Nine just has not appeared, and I'm not sure that it's ever going to appear in the market. Uh, so, obviously, shop. Under nine DraftKings would be my preference, but I haven't bet it yet. And what's preventing me from betting it is Sam Hartman. Because, I, again, like I mentioned earlier, I think he's the best quarterback Notre Dame's had in almost, say, a generation at this point. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the only thing preventing me. I mean, I do think they're playing three legitimate top 10 caliber teams. That's tough. And I think there's some sneaky tough games at Duke, at Louisville. Pittsburgh's giving them historically problems no matter who the coach is. So at NC State as well. So, I mean, can Marcus Freeman avoid the 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 the, the Marshall and the Stanford performances of last year? If he does avoid them, then, you know, they're going to go over eight and a half. If he doesn't, then I, I think, you know, under nine is a pretty good bet. And that, that would be the way I'm leaning. Even at eight and a half, I, I think it's an eight and four team. I just – there's too many question marks. I don't think they have the size up front on the defensive line. I'm anxious to see what happens uh, as far as calling plays at Alphonse corner. I wasn't thrilled with that hire. Wasn't thrilled with the offensive line hire as well. Uh, special teams. They went from having maybe the best special teams coach in the country. I think it's a solid hire, but that could be a downgrade as well. Can they count on the special teams? I mean, that special teams unit won them some games last year. I'm not sure that could be the case. So, man, it always sounds like I'm negative about Notre Dame, but yeah, I, I'm a little bit more pessimistic in the market than, than everybody else, at least at this point. Yeah, no, uh, I'm excited about this year, but uh, certainly uh, when you look at uh, just kind of how how the schedule shapes up, uh, when you look at uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, sevens out there in the market, do you think that's a fair price? No, I, I like Ohio State in that game. And in fact, okay. I have bet Ohio State in that game multiple times at different prices. I think the mispricing there is going to be the crowd. I actually... 
expected to be 50-50 at best, if not Ohio State with more fans. And I think that could be pretty deflating if you're Notre Dame. You're walking out there and seeing all the red that they'll see. Well, I'll be there in blue. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to fight the good fight. Brad, no, you better be there in green. It's going to be a green. Notre Dame's wearing oh, green jerseys. Right. That's right. Yeah. I make sure I got to read. Uh, yeah. See, that's the problem read. with Notre Dame. They don't have like a standard we color. Don't. It's like a, you know, it, 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 people are wearing blue. They're wearing gold. They're wearing green. You don't have that standard color. So that hurts them. But yeah, make sure you're wearing green for that one. It looked like a I, Christmas tree. I'll be there. I'll be there wearing green uh, on my birthday. So uh, what could possibly go wrong uh, for, for? I would like them. To, if there's one game I want them to win, it's that one. I'm in my lifetime coming from Ohio. I mean, the fact that they haven't even stayed within two touchdowns of Ohio State, or I guess last year, losing by 11. But, uh, I mean, they haven't played within single digits in the five previous meetings in my lifetime. I would like to see a win over the Buckeyes. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That'd be like hey, a Brett. national championship to me. Oh, oh my gosh. If Notre Dame could pull that one off, that would be uh, that would be something uh, to, uh, to take it all in. Hey, Brad, uh, you're the best, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I've... Like we could do this for hours, but uh, you've got a you've got a life, and you got back to grind and tape, and uh, much appreciated. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Brad Powers. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Powers Seven. Uh, check out the podcast. He goes deep in depth with Todd Furman uh, on some of those G five conferences, and I'm sure they'll get to the Power Five conferences as the summer comes along on the Bet the Board podcast. I did want to close out with this. I mentioned I'm a bit of a nerd, which uh, I fully. Uh, except, but a couple, a uh, couple of things that came out on, on, uh, on May 31st, the bowl schedule is released and uh, a couple, you know, little nuggets that are, are worth mentioning. Uh, I'm a little sad that the Hawaii bowl is not on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is a Sunday this year. So the NFL gets precedent. So the Hawaii bowl will be moved up a day to December 23rd, uh, a 10 30 Eastern kickoff. So, I, uh, I I am a big fan of the Hawaii Bowl being on Christmas Eve, 8 o'clock Eastern kick. So it's a, a late night kick on December 23rd. Um, the Las Vegas Bowl, I'm excited. Move back a week this year, December 23rd. That'll be a 7.30 Eastern kick uh, on ABC. So uh, a good prime spot there for the Las Vegas Bowl, which I've been fortunate to be the uh, sideline reporter uh, for the past couple of years. So uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully being a part of that call uh, yet again, and uh, if you're looking for something uh, of very much importance, uh, the Cheez-It Bowl is now the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Yep, that is true. The Cheez-It Bowl, December 28th, which once upon a time was the Champ Sports Bowl, uh, that'll be on December 28th at 5.45 uh, p.m., and then we do have the dates. Uh, we already knew them, but a couple movements here. Um, you know, Once again, December 30th, is going to be the Orange Bowl at 4 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, and that's going to lead into, I believe, Cowboys-Lions for a Monday Monday night broadcast there. And then Monday, January 1st, that is when the semifinals will take place. The Rose Bowl will be a semifinal this year. Last year of the four-team playoff, it'll be a semifinal at 5 p.m. Eastern at the Rose Bowl, then the Sugar Bowl, and prior to that, you will get the Fiesta Bowl. So Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. It looks like five bowl games in total on New Year's Day. So uh, the bowl games are coming out. Bowl season starts on December 16th. It looks like we will have, uh, I think, seven bowl games on uh, on December 
16th. So uh, a busy day there uh, and uh, always a, an exciting time. But some of the nerdness uh, coming out. we got week zero game times. Uh, USC and San Jose State will be playing at 8 o'clock Eastern. Sadly, it'll be on the Pac-12 network, which is, uh, which is kind of a, a bummer to see. But also we will get in uh, San Diego State, Ohio, a game that Brad mentioned. I believe that game is going to be at 7 o'clock uh, PM Eastern time, uh, on FS one. So game time's coming out across the board. Make sure you check those out. Uh, we'll dive into it maybe a little bit more, uh, later, but we've gone long. Uh, and if you're still listening, God bless you, please rate review and subscribe. We will be back next week as promised with an episode each and every week. This has been the VSIN college football betting podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.